0: Welcome back to um, another edition of the Bonus Features Podcast. Uh, I, as always, am your host, uh, Ed. And today we have got a very, very special guest with us. Um, And every special guest likes being introduced that way. So uh, I want to welcome... Well, first of all, I want to welcome... Pastor Dave. I'm not the special guest, uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm glad uh, to be here. You're special, and uh, you're just not a guest. Uh, but I want to also welcome our special guest, um, former uh, senior pastor and current pastor, I think emeritus mm-hmm. is a good title, and head of Pacific Conference Coaching, uh, Pastor Tom Hurt. Welcome, Tom.
1: Well, it's, it's great to be here. I'm, I do feel honored by being invited, so thank you for that. And that's the first time I've heard that pastor emeritus phrase. So <laughs> that does make me feel does, old. Does that make you feel like distinguished or extinguished? <laughs> extinguished. <laughs> I guess that's in the mind of uh, those who think of those words. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, if you, I like to always, um, I always like to paint some sort of a, an image in your mind because as when i'm listening to podcasts i'm always wondering you know what 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 does it look like there and so if you can just if you need a mental image to go on as you're listening to this just imagine three grown men sitting on the equivalent of a love seat uh we are about <laughs> as crammed in as we could be for frugality's sake we hmm. didn't want to buy extra equipment so um and then the other thing that you might not uh know about and be surprised about is um it would appear that into retirement pastor Tom has grown an, an impressive head of hair it's down (laughs) clearly to his shoulders and uh i will do another podcast on how that's happened but uh uh Uh, One of those two things is not real. Um, So we talked on Sunday morning about wisdom in our study in James and specifically about two kinds of wisdom, the world's wisdom, the wisdom from below, the wisdom from above. Um, And uh, what I uh, it's it's out of James chapter four, um, where he uh, talks about the wisdom that comes. Oh, no, the end of James chapter three, uh, where he talks about the um the 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 type of wisdom that is earthly and non-spiritual and then there's the type of wisdom um that is from above and so really the message was on the contrast between those two things and how we get them mixed up and how they're different um so the first question i wanted to ask of pastors uh Dave and Tom is could you sum up in your own words the difference between wisdom from below and wisdom?
1: Well, um, since I'm not nearly as wise as Pastor Dave, because here's the truth. He thinks before he speaks. I speak as I think. (laughs) Uh, And and so sometimes that gets me in trouble. And I speak before Um, I think. Um, So when I think about those two, I think of... Uh, wisdom of this world um, tends to exalt ourselves or or try to make ourselves better. Um, it it is an attempt to increase our value here, and wisdom from the, that is from above. Is is not held away from us unduly. If I mean the scripture is clear, if. We call on God and ask for His wisdom; He'll grant it to us. Uh, Even in Proverbs chapter two, it says, "Wisdom calls from the street." So it's it's a veil; it's calling to us. A a godly wisdom is calling to us. Uh, But when we receive that godly wisdom, it's 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 a focus that takes us um, away from just self stuff to. The service of others or to the service of God's kingdom. Um, Now that can have good application to ourselves. It can have a secondary benefit into our own lives, but it's not just about that. Um, Our uh, God's wisdom is going to, and our pursuit of God's wisdom is going to take us to a place that we're in essence going to be receiving that to serve the better of God's kingdom, the better of humanity, um, and leading people closer to an understanding of who God is rather than just earthly wisdom that tends to focus on just Mm self-improvement. I guess that's how I would put it. It seems to me that there
2: is something to earthly wisdom, and one aspect of it is I expect that as I get older, I gain some wisdom there's the wisdom of age and I I notice that I am wiser than I used to be when I was younger in general there is something to that mm-hmm. and yet I'm also disappointed in the, all the ways in which I know I still lack wisdom so earthly wisdom it seems to me has shortcomings and it's also often distorted because of the fall because of sin uh, there are many ways in which earthly wisdom is a distorted wisdom in contrast, the wisdom from above is always right. And the promise of James is that we have access to that kind of wisdom. To me, that's awesome. Because I, I was wondering after the message
0: on Sunday, well, if these two forms of wisdom are so different sometimes, how do you know when to maybe, uh, when to detour from the world's wisdom? And I was thinking it really is, It's the Holy Spirit prompting you, you know, it's from within. And so if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's how you're going to have that voice that says in this situation right now, the thing to do is going to be unnatural or it's going to be different or it's going to have people around you saying, uh, that's not wise. That's not a good thing to do. That's not going to help you personally. And if you don't know that that's the Holy Spirit, then how do you know that you should stick to it? And so, yeah, being filled, trying to have biblical wisdom without the Holy Spirit, which is a lot of times what we do, we try to do the things God tells us to do without having the Holy Spirit. It it would lead to a lot of probably confusion and exhaustion and probably just trying to do hard things for the sake of it. Tom, you mentioned that um you and Roberta were talking about this, and um she had read something that you were sharing with us before the podcast, and I think it's uh, I think it connects pretty well to all this. Could you share it with us
1: yeah, sure um Roberta is a great reader of various kinds of christian uh, well prayer magazines maybe i I put it that way, and she regularly reads the voice of the martyrs and she Uh, reads to me while we're driving uh, which is a wise thing (laughs) Uh, but she uh, she was reading uh, to me about this one gentleman northern africa in a very muslim uh, arena and um, he came to christ uh, is a great i mean many of these stories remind you of paul uh, the transformation that took place in him from persecutor to persecuted mm-hmm. um, but here's here's a paragraph as this article this section closed his story closed his name was Fozzie so it it reads this Fozzie's most recent visit with authorities occurred just weeks before he attended a voice of the martyr supported training conference for North American North African leaders And here's what it says. The police know he will not stop evangelizing, so they urge him to share wisely. Uh And when I read that, I thought, uh, and Pastor Ed helped me find the scripture this morning from Matthew 10, 16. Google, it was Google. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Where uh, it says that we should be as shrewd as serpents, but as gentle as doves. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, that's what this was saying, mm-hmm. that there is a wisdom that we need to practice That uh, that's in the midst of our culture that is becoming less and less Christian, um, and yet we're called to influence them for Christ. Mm-hmm. And we need to practice, I think, this kind of thought. We will not stop evangelizing. hmm but we need to do it wisely. Yes. And that means, you know, looking at some of the scriptural context, I was thinking this morning, 1 Peter, where Peter says that we should live in the midst of this ungodly, if, you, if I can use pagan culture, with gentleness mm-hmm. and humility mm-hmm. and respect
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: towards those outside of the faith so that in the day of the Lord's coming, they will praise God. Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason they would praise God in the day of God, the Lord's coming is they've come to him themselves.
2: Yes.
1: But he c- challenged them to live gentle and quiet lives mm-hmm. and to treat people with respect. Mm-hmm. That's what—that's biblical wisdom to me. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that, and that really does speak to a big distinction between what drives these two kinds of wisdom. Um, you know the the wisdom from below is james calls it um unspiritual earthly and demonic and most of those terms are really meant to just say it's it's not different from the instincts that animals follow to do well Mm -hmm. in life it's survival it's it's storing up for the winter and you know i mean it's funny you know squirrels basically invest you know they put away for a rainy day um literally and uh you know, the, the the things that we often think are, are, are so profoundly wise are just um, us telling each other how to do a better job of surviving and living and being comfortable. But uh, the wisdom from above ultimately is rooted in this idea that you uh, um, you can do all those things and you can take care of yourself for this whole life, but something's coming. And, and, and ultimately, that we're living in light of this other kingdom. And because of that... We have a more important thing to do and to focus on, and message to get out there. Which I would imagine that most secular people who consider themselves wise would say: Rule number one, keep your religion to yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if you want to do well in this life, uh, what is it? It's religion and sex and politics. Don't talk about those three things. Um, <laughs> so, and Jesus's rule number one is like, talk about religion. You know, um, and uh, so. That right there is just, uh, don't compartmentalize your life and your faith. Um, That's gonna lead to some difficulty. But um, the um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys as well, and this is asking you this as pastors who have worked with and been around a lot of people and different people and families and groups in your ministry. Um, We said that, so one leads us away from each other, one leads us towards each other. How have you seen this in either the church or just people's lives
2: as you've? One thing that comes to my mind is that we live very much in a consumer culture, and the American way of life is about what I can get for myself. That really is opposite of kingdom values, where Jesus modeled not what he could gain, but what he sacrificed for the sake of others. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we also um, learn to live a different way. Instead of learning to um, seek what we can gain for ourselves, we are hopefully learning how to give away ourselves for the sake of others. That's the Christ way. Mm. That's godly wisdom as opposed to worldly wisdom, I think.
0: Like there have been seasons. Have you ever felt that you've been in a season of life where perhaps you know that um, what you need to do for community or for unity is opposite from because really I think of that as the distinction between what would draw us away or into unity with each other is if what the unity needs if what the community needs even maybe in your own family because you see this in family what my family needs is not what I want or what is good or better for me individually and I have to choose one over the other my own ambition, my own desire or the good of that group Or Tom, you can answer
2: it too, I guess. Well, this is maybe too personal, so you can edit it out Mm. if it doesn't fit. For me, if I were purely looking at what's best for me, I wouldn't retire yet. I think I'd stay in my job for another year or more. Um, but I'm not looking just for what's best for me. I'm looking for what's best for the church and for the kingdom of God. And it seems to me that our church needs change as much as we tend to resist that. And the better thing for the church, I believe, is my retirement. I think I need to, for the sake of the church, uh, open the, the way for the change that the church needs by retiring now and I think now is the time that's I I receive that um, belief as the wisdom from God I think that is godly wisdom and I also trust God to take care of me and what I need in uh, in the years ahead um, so so, so that, there's a very personal and immediate example of how I'm trying to live in godly wisdom, not in worldly
1: wisdom. I like that, Dave. Thanks for that personal sharing. Um, one thing that came to my mind, Ed, is, um, and this is not just this isn't this is more larger church. I'm not talking about just here at OCEC but in other churches through my coaching and mentoring i get to be connected and i attend another i attend another church now so it's about a dynamic i see in christianity not just a dynamic that may have, may function here um, is i've i've been impressed by people who for the unity of the church and the value of community will sacrifice their preferences for the whole mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: So they will continue to participate, continue to engage in a church fellowship that no longer has some element of their preference Yes, in whatever form that may take. And I've seen that contrasted by people who have violated clear scriptural mandates to try to uphold a personal preference yeah, that is not biblical, mm-hmm. biblically supported. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'll, I'll give an example because a lot of times that are, that te- that tends to arise about you know some physical thing in the structure. Yes, or some aspect of how the you know a bit hot one over the years has been music. Mm-hmm. Um, another hot one has been is how. Does someone dress?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I've I've seen people hold on to community because they were practicing uh, w- words that were this passage that was ingrained in me from Pastor Ken Coth from growing up under his ministry and then serving with him as when I first came into ministry he was a senior pastor um, from e- Ephesians chapter four uh be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit spirit through the the bond bond of peace peace. and he that was that was like his theme verse i remember pastor koth quoting that verse uh, regularly um and so i've seen people uh and i think it's because of their pursuit of god's heart that they'll sacrifice something that they prefer to maintain those scriptural mandates, mm-hmm. I've all and and I I call that godly wisdom. Yes, I've seen other folks who tend to pursue. Um, they're operating in a a worldly wisdom that says my my opinion on this is most important, mm-hmm. and so they'll violate these they will not be completely humble or gentle they won't be patient and they definitely won't bear with the difference they have with one another Mm -hmm. um and so they'll they'll either make a big deal of it Mm -hmm. over time (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh or they'll say this isn't going to be my family anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh which to be honest with you, that has always been outside my realm of understanding. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I would recommend this book. I've just finished it a while ago. It took me a while, quite a while, to read it. It's called "When the Church Was a Family: Re- Recapturing Jesus' Vision for Authentic Christian Community" by Joseph Hellerman. It is fantastic in understanding the. The cultural world that Jesus spoke into, uh, with the concept of unity and community, mm-hmm. and also the world of the Middle East. Even now, as we think about people, and many in the world, when they come to Christ, they completely lose their birth family. Yeah, and the church becomes their family. And we don't have we we don't understand that mm-hmm. when we use. In our world, when I say to, to Ed, hey, Ed, you're my brother in Christ, mm-hmm. we don't understand what that meant mm-hmm. in that world. Mm-hmm. It really meant that they had no other brothers anymore mm-hmm. from their family, mm-hmm. they had no mother and father anymore. The church was their brothers and sisters, as Jesus said. Yeah, it's a fascinating, fascinating read. Um, so
0: I love that book. In fact, that guy was a Bible teacher I had. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, from Talbot, and he, uh, I really like that book. And I, one of the things that I think is so interesting about it is that it also, you know, one of the ways I've seen it, I've seen it used, and I think it makes a pretty good argument is against the idea that you should just have like that, like it, it, it points out the way that like business principles have invaded the church a little Mm -hmm. too much when it comes to leadership that you have a ceo and you have a board of directors and you have this like this this one very specific thing that you're about so i think um that's that's interesting too because it 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 points out um they you know that many of the professors at talbot where i think he he wrote that the church he's a part of is a church that has the benefit of having these uh biblically like uh, these very educated um, elders who can lead churches as volunteers, and then there's less pressure on just a just a pastor to do all of that. And so you see these like interesting churches that that look more like maybe what you would have seen in the New Testament. But it's also because they have the resources of being in the same city as a seminary, you know. So
1: but the cool thing that, that I read that book as I read that book, I thought, you know, what it really doesn't take special education or special degrees to live that and and experience that. But it does take that I'm gonna be humble. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna Mm -hmm. let other people speak into my life. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna assume that my opinion's right all the time. Uh, I'm going to bear with with the differences that I have. I mean, to me, it, it was just highlighting that those words of community that I find in scripture, all those one another's that Mm -hmm. we always preach through at different times or teach classes through. And we say, oh, how wouldn't it be wonderful if the church operated in that, Mm -hmm. except the fact that I would have to operate in that. (laughs) I think one
0: of the biggest mysteries to pastors is the idea of preference, because we are a part of the church Throughout all sorts of preference ty- type types of preference and styles and changes and everything, so we you have to uh, pretty quickly in in vocational ministry you have to let go of the idea that uh, the way the church is at any given time is a reflection of maybe your taste, your preference, your comfort, whether it's the way people dress, uh, the music people like, even even the Bible translations that people are comfortable with, because you're like I'm in this for the long haul. And I know for me, I had to start letting go of expecting my preference to make it. I think what it is is like uh, many people think my preferences are an indication of whether this place is like my home. And, and you get to a point where you go, that's not how it can be for me. Not, not those specific things, you know, they almost feel like luxuries. And um, the other thing that pastors, I think really struggle with is it really is true. The pastors I've most of the pastors I've talked to that when people leave over reasons of sort of disunity or the idea of leaving a family of the church, it really isn't that we're upset because we wanted them to stay because we wanted more people or we wanted their giving or anything like that. It really is. You just grieve the fact that someone is leaving their family. And now Mm -hmm. they're going to be without that. And wherever they go, whatever they do, they won't really have that same family, at least for quite a long time. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing that pastors end up lamenting is, you know, you're sad about.
2: I think what you're talking about is, to take us back to the scripture passage, is an example of what James terms selfish ambition. It's uh, looking for what I want, what I need, what is for me. Mm-hmm. and making that the, the, the priority. And that's not godly wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I have felt like the more I have wanted to devote to the church at any given time in my life, the more I've been forced to let go of in terms of Mm -hmm. this is how i'd like it to be Mm -hmm. even in using my gifts i go this is the first time i've ever gotten to regularly teach but i've wanted to teach for years and years and years ever since being a youth pastor but it was always a matter of okay fine uh here's what the church needs here's where the church is at here's where i want you to be and it it so often felt like like there there was this choice of saying my ambition what i want to be doing what i want my life to be about versus i see this thing that the church needs and um, i think that's i think that's something everybody in any family deals with cuz that's the family thing and it's and it's the it's the the essence of unity the essence of unity is i i like that the bible has the most realistic view of community self sacrifice mm-hmm. you know community is unity is central because, and it happens through giving of yourself. It doesn't happen through we all like each other and we feel happy and we had a really good service because the pastors put it on and it was perfect. It's, we sacrifice and that's how mm-hmm. unity happens.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, and I, you know j- just the concept of unity just made me, made me think that I think at times the, the world's wisdom would try to turn it into uniformity. We have to yeah. all be alike. Uh-huh. We all have to think the same thing, uh, dress similar, <laughs> uh, like the same stuff, uh, and that's not a biblical picture of unity. A biblical picture of unity is we have all kind, all diverse kinds of thoughts mm-hmm. and preferences. Uh, many wa- many ways we. I mean, I I just even look at the way the three of us are dressed today there's un- there's d- there we're not unity in unity we're not in uniformity um but we can still be in unity with each other mm-hmm. uh and that's that's a, a contrast for me between a the way the world tries to press us into its mold is that we all have to, uh, to have have unity you all have to be the same mm-hmm which is uniformity. And yet God's word takes this vast uh, differences of appearances and skin tone and personal history um, and preferences and says, let's come together in this massive thing called God's family. And the local church is one expression of that family. And says, "Be at unity with each other, um, and make every effort you possibly can to keep that unity." Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the church is a is a should be a model of what God's great dream is. With even in a culture, is where the image of that.
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, Tom. Mm-hmm. And this is not planned. This was not planned, but. Um, I was just showing dave the uh the slide that we designed for our new sermon series we're actually doing a sermon series in uh in a month look at that time hmm. one a study in ephesians uh. it's ephesians four yeah let's keep the unity spirit the one piece and if you zoom in on the word one look it's all of our church pictures uh, look at that cool um we are uh we're doing a series after james for a month, and we're we're looking at that part of Ephesians four and the the things that make us all collectively one together, and that they are not uh, the things that 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 have to do with are um, all these things that Tom is talking about. Um, that um, so I, I I think it's uh it's timely that you bring that up and that you mention that and that's very interesting that that's the the verse that the passage that. Pastor Koth kind of imparted to you that um, I think you and I talked about as well in our first and last uh, sermons. That Tom's last and my first sermon here at the yeah, church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think pastors talk a lot about it. Now I'm starting to understand more why the authors of the epistles talk about unity so much. Is because there's something about pastoral ministry that makes you really want to emphasize to people that. Um, why this thing called unity is so important, and mm-hmm. and that it is it is one of the core wisdom from above principles. Mm-hmm. Yes. You
2: know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think I think that we're 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 getting pretty close here to uh, filling up uh to to filling up our time. I did want to ask. Uh, Pastor Tom, for many people, uh, they are wondering what exactly have you been doing since you retired? Uh, sounds like you're building a deck at your beach house, which has got to be rough. Um, what? Uh, what? What is? What is? What is life? How's life?
1: Uh, life has been full. I will say that I did, in my opinion, I made one of my f- wisest decisions. Because I'm not used to having anybody do anything for me when it comes to building. I'm always doing it myself. Yes. Um, But I felt like I did have wisdom uh, because this deck is about 10 feet above concrete. Oh. Uh, I actually had some... I paid somebody to come in and do the major framing (laughs) of that. Um, And so I'm... Well, uh, I decided that in your old age. I decided at 67 I should not <laughs> risk falling 10 feet onto concrete uh-huh. because something would break and probably not be repairable hmm. so anyway uh my wisdom is I've started
0: asking at Home Depot I've just started asking people where things are because I'm just done I'm done walking around the store yeah you know I,
1: I yeah Roberta calls Home Depot my spe- second home because I do know where things are but <laughs> um so, uh, some things that I'm doing. I'm mentoring a couple uh, Pacific Evangel- Evangelical School of Ministry students. Yes. So, men that are on their process towards uh, some form of uh, part-time, full-time ministry. I ha- right now I have a full-time or a first-year student and a third-year student. Mm-hmm. Third-year student happens to be a member of OCEC, Doug Hepler. So I'm really enjoying time with him. Uh, and then I'm directing the. Uh, coaching ministry for the Pacific Conference um, and Pastor Dave is one of the coaches that uh, serves uh, with me yes um, and so we're helping people offering life coaching for pastors and spouses and staff members and their spouses on within our conference. i um, receiving regular training for that all of us do and we're coaching people in what's called life coaching so it's it addresses their spiritual life uh, their family life their physical life their financial life and their ministry uh, expecting that all leaders but we can apply that within the church all followers of christ Mm -hmm. have all those areas of life that they deal with uh, including a ministry life and we're trying to help them come to what is called more healthy Mm -hmm. So in each one of those spheres of our life, become more healthy uh, and have a personal vision for that health in that area. And really, that's the first time I can remember that I ever wrote a spiritual vision, a vision for each of those five areas of my own life Mm -hmm. uh, that have really in my retirement been directional for me
2: being coached was very helpful to me, as I know it was to you too, Tom. Mm -hmm. And now getting to work with another in the coaching process has also been really
1: satisfying. And it keeps us sharper. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then Roberta and I enjoy traveling periodically. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I'm glad you're keeping busy. And, uh, you know, uh, again, I don't know how you did it, but that full head of hair is something to see. Um, I'd call it more of a lion's mane. Um, so, uh, clearly the stress was, you know, my hair's turning gray, but, um, well, uh, well, I want to, uh, that's it for today. Uh, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank our guests, um, pastor Dave, um, and, uh, our special guest, pastor emeritus, pastor Tom Hurt, Thank you. Um, I want to thank Caitlin in our booth once again, who is flipping all the switches and turning the dials. And we do want to uh, thank our sponsor, the, uh, Pacific, um, uh, the Pacific Conference Coaching, uh, whose motto is, we know that you can give more than 100%, but that might just be because we don't know how percentages work. Um, so until next time, uh, tune in and uh, shalom. That's an example of a part I'll edit out, by the way, because that doesn't make any sense. Okay, so in your...